What's up everyone, it is me Albert and welcome to the Horizon Podcast. And with me tonight is my bro in the business. His name is Brendan and he's from SoKeenForIt.com. How are you doing, Brendan? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I am so happy that everything is finally working. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just so you know, listeners, we have been uh, luddite struggling with technology, (laughs) um, but to great success. And uh, you could even say we were like cavemen struggling with technology. See, that was one of the weakest and also one of the coolest, in my opinion, segues into talking about Horizon Zero Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I deserve a lot of accolades for that, I think. (laughs) Yes, including my own, which I think that's the only kind of props I'm going to get for that. Anyway, look, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Tweety Gamer slash Tweety Cast in case you are joining us for the first time. It is very simple. Tweety Cast is uh, the podcast offshoot of Tweety Gamer. And on this podcast, we discuss uh, all kinds of uh, pop culture uh, media, including games and film and TV series. Uh, We'll probably do a little bit of smidge of music here and there, but that's dedicated to the other... um, eclectic content podcast called amorphous existence that's the music dedicated one like i just said eclectic content network is ecn you can check it out at eclecticcontent.com that is what tweedy gamer is a part of and tweedy cast is a part of i am super happy and stoked to be bringing this to you guys i'm putting all of myself into it and my bro brandon here he's a true soul and a true warrior for sticking it through the early kind of Rough times with the Tweety Meets. What did you think of those early episodes, man? That was fun, man. Yeah. That was fun. They're it okay. It was good. It was good. I feel like that was more of like a natural kind of um, expression of our, like our normal conversations, whereas this is a lot more structured. And I feel like for a podcast, it's way better. Yeah. I'm pretty keen, man. I like the structure. Yeah, dude. No, I totally, I can totally dig. And I'm really happy about that. Yeah. it's. I'm really happy about everything kind of falling into place finally uh with a actual structure for the game for the for the game ca- games casts and also the all the other casts which um you i think they'll just speak for themselves guys uh, guys and gals listening without further ado let's just jump straight into our newly structured and newly birthed tweedy cast show our first segment is top fives of the week we have games we have films we have tv stories stories about all three of these i would like to talk about the games first obviously that is not to underscore the film or tv but it's that is the leading edge of this cast is the tweety gamer is what it's called and just like ign does with their content there's an edge towards games they discuss other media as well but it's it's the games this medium it parallels real life in how it's interactive it is i believe deeply connected to what uh, people can experience in real life. The human condition is, uh, it has this link to games in that only games among all the other media, uh, it's, it doesn't share it with films and, uh, and TV series and music. Games are interactive and so is life. And I think that that is an important um, attribute of games that needs to be discussed. It needs to have its own outlet. And um, that is why I started Tweety Gamer and it's what ECN 
is is happy to host in all the other um, subjects that ECN discusses. Just coming at it from an angle which really cares about uh, like investing meaning into it and discussing that human aspect. Because all too often, a lot of outlets they just they kind of keep it pretty bantery and um, absolutely not to you know to to cast any you know cast any you know negative negativity on 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 those outlets anyway sweet so on to our first segment my man let's just jump straight into horizon as we discussed in the intro go ahead give it to me lay it on me all right horizon is going to be sick man i like it as soon as i i really hadn't heard about it until really recently but as soon as i heard about it and as soon as i looked into it i knew that it was going to be a game that i would love yeah um there's yeah obviously um just all the aspects of it separately uh, are all things that I love, and they're all combined into one thing. So I know. Survival. Yeah, and man. There's um, just obviously the like solitary aspect of it as well. You're just one character alone in this massive world, and I love that. Yeah, um, dude. I'm I'm yeah. sure there's a, we've got a whole bunch of of, of like feedback from. Um, uh, like across all of the major networks, you know, you got GameSpot, got IGN, they're all picking up on some of this incredibly early buzz for Horizon, which some of the like the latest news reports, for example, just to catch you guys up if you haven't heard, guys and gals, um, uh, this game has been getting a lot of support for its early kind of merchandising opportunities. There's Sony is saying things like it has the chance of becoming one of its premier main new IPs. That's that's a lot of faith in a new IP, you know, yeah. and uh, that speaks to like the quality of what they're doing uh, and and what I believe is is like something that's really going to sneak up on people, kind of like Aloy does. She's just super sneaky and just cool and. Uh, they're as in uh, Guerrilla Games. They've they've put out like a cosplay guide, dude. They put out a cosplay guide for this for this girl. I'm gonna be uh, on the YouTube video. I'll be featuring pictures of this cosplay guide. And later, when you see the episode, man, uh, you'll see what I mean. They they just got a question. Like uh, probably more than a few people wanted to know how to put together a cosplay of the main character. And there's no one more pertinent to be talking about this than you yourself, being someone who puts together that stuff and i just admire you so much for it man some of the stuff you make is amazing seriously well Thank done you. yeah man for sure and um you'll see that like a lot of her stuff there's like story storytelling already happening with her design like you can see like some of the stuff she wears is obviously she's taken that from some of the like the the animal me- mechanisms you know those yeah. uh the machines um which is your which has been your favorite machine so far unveiled the giant eagle one, man. I love that. The thing. eagle, dude. I thought it was all about the freaking Thunderjaw for you. Nah, man. The eagle is awesome. It looks amazing. Oh, I love it. dude. And the thing is, don't they look just like epic, but like yeah. predatory and dangerous, but not in a honestly quite visually assaulting. Sometimes, like like oh like overwhelming way that the Transformers ones were like for example there was yeah. a, there was a bird one in the third transformers one but something about these machines the way they're put together it's just it, yeah you're right like super visually appealing you know mm. yeah yeah, yeah. what's uh, what's your immediate like uh analog that you've seen recently i mean i mentioned transformers but uh anything that you think that the designs are kind of hearkening back to or do you think this is just brand new like unique stuff that we're seeing with with horizon's design I don't know, man. I think it's kind of a little bit of a 
an amalgamation of a lot of different things. I think definitely you can see some Transformers in there. Yeah. Um, I reckon also even a little bit of like Final Fantasy, like the visual design of Final Fantasy. Kind oh, of yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, right. And, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Just generally. I mean, I guess from one point of view, you could you could imagine like a Thunderjaw as like an enemy in Final Fantasy. Yeah, totally. Um, did you get any Terminator vibes from these animals? Um, not so much, actually. Honestly. Yeah. A little bit, I guess. Yeah. Not heaps. Well, yeah. I know that you have a certain spoiler policy for Star Wars, but how I always. Because I know you are, you have that relationship with spoilers with certain properties. It's it behooves me to ask you and and to also reflect this with other people who are probably doing the same. Um, spoiler alerts. We have to do that on this show. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I there's obviously stuff that is released through official channels and through official interviews, which the devs themselves. Trust me, if it comes from the devs, they want you to know it's okay to know it's not a spoiler. Believe it. It's the, the spoilers come from things like NeoGAF, they come from things like Reddit, people who are hacking game codes and doing all that stuff. Those are the main spoilers. But one of the things, this is the main, the, the bomb drop that I, I'm sorry, I'm taking a bit to get to it, but dude, there's going to be mounts in this game. Awesome. Um, yeah. I just need to give that a little bit of airtime, like mounts. <laughs> Robot, mounts, bro. I don't know if you can write a thunder drill, but if you can... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna use this actually as an opportunity to discuss. It was a ditty that I wanted to insert later in the show, but dude, how lucky are we to be in this world of photorealistic, open world, gorgeous, real time lighting system, facial animation, getting more and more photorealistic? This era of games. Come on, man, lay it on me. It's insane, dude. Like. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I swear I've told you before, and um, I think you might have even experienced it, but, like, when I first got Arkham Knight, I yeah. just, like, I just stood there. Like, the opening of the game, when you first take control of Batman, you're, like, already perching on this ledge in yeah. the rain on this building, and, like, I just stayed there for, like, ten minutes. I Dude, didn't ten minutes. I, I, I did something similar, yeah, when I first played it, when you lent it to me. We are so yeah. lucky, and um, I can only look into some of the articles that, like, for example, IGN makes and some of the people in the industry. I hope to maybe change this in my own humble way. Again, not ragging on them at all, but maybe even they themselves would admit that because of the exposure that they have and the relationship that they have with the games just from having been exposed to them. I'm not saying that I wouldn't at one point want to also get into that, and I'm happy for ECN to be a platform for both you and me, to kind of have a public uh, sort of portfolio, so to speak, of just how you and I um, approach games and industry discussion. And I'm happy for anyone to kind of contact us about that if they enjoy the show. I'm sure you're happy about that, right? If that were to happen? Yeah, man. Totally. Absolutely. But one thing I will say that a lot of these outlets, there is just this certain tinge of just jadedness when it comes to, uh, for example, with Fallout 4, uh, or oh, sorry, with um, Battlefront, which has is having the early reviews in progress. Um, I just, I think it's really important not just to be a, a critic, really to, you know, to really embrace just how lucky we are. Because that, believe me, it's it's a very human thing to, to let that kind of guide your relationship with something. I think if you get too clinical 
and if you get too um, sort of uh, sort of ratings focused and and technical and 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 you know fiddly, for example, do you get caught up about there are some things like do you, you know like in this amazing in this amazing game, for example, Arkham Knight, do you get caught up about how some of the AI behave occasionally or the way a certain model has been rendered like you know what i mean like yeah. do you, do you get caught up on anything like that do you find yourself being like do you ever do you catch yourself kind of straying away from that kind of feeling of wonder of being so grateful for this game and how great it looks and 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 it never leaves my mind how the industry you know has changed just in the last 10 to 15 years we used to have ps1 Seriously, like janky, polygon-tastic, Crash Bandicoot-type games, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Not really, man. I don't really get distracted by any of that stuff. I just, the only time it bothers me is if it's like a straight-up glitch. Like, yeah. if the video game is like full-on bugging out or something. Now that... That's the only time that I get worried about it. But like, if it's just a, you know, a rendering problem or like ai not acting the way it should or whatever i don't really care you know like, yeah dude absolutely yeah. i mean that's and there's that that's how i know that you have a grounded relationship with it and non-jaded because look a, a glitch that's a that's a mistake that's a even back in the 80s or, or whatever back in any era of video games a glitch is a glitch you know that's that's yeah, a universal okay. negative but when you are starting to imagine and contrive negatives and nitpick it's like dude yeah. Can you, like, I just feel like grabbing their heads and being like, you are on a f close to photorealistic horse right now, galloping across an open world Afghanistan with a freaking photo, almost photo photorealistic mechanical arm with a whole, I'm talking about Metal Gear Solid 5, by the way, with a whole <laughs> base that you are able to custom design. You know what I mean? Like, like, just sit, like, like Brendan, like, you, like, I'm just referring to you in the third person or whatever, but... Like guys, like do like what Brendan did. Sometimes just pause the game or just sit and really appreciate where we're at. And I'm I am gonna be doing that with Horizon, absolutely. You know it has a whole yeah. ecosystem for the machines. It's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But well, you know, we can't just talk about Horizon. We talked a little bit about Battlefront just then, but and a little bit about Fallout. See, this is just <laughs> it's just part of my brain you know <laughs> i'm not yeah, even totally. really looking at show notes like this is the show notes essentially but uh we have two more i don't know which to discuss first uh i'm so excited about both of them but uh we'll go with rigs first yeah what you you looked into rigs today i think i may have introduced it to you rigs mechanized combat league yeah what do you think homie bromie well i'm <laughs> I'm super keen. Yeah. I'm very, very excited. I, I like the like the concept to me is like unique enough that I'm just sold on that alone. But um, execution, right? It's about execution. Yeah, that's what I'm. And I like for me, like I love the idea of virtual reality, but I feel like because it's still so new, um, price and compatibility. Yeah might both be issues okay i mean obviously we'll work through that if it's designed for a console and the vr um hardware works with the console then that's awesome you yeah. know because that's plug and play you can just that's right that's what they're hoping to do with playstation vr next year yeah and if that works then i'm 100 percent behind it and i want this game 
super badly. But if, if there's bugs to work out and, and if there's, you know, teething problems and all that, then I, I feel like that's going to yeah. kind of bring down the release of the game a little. But um, Yeah, I hope yeah, they're able to I avoid mean, that. Yeah, but I mean, the game itself, like, ignoring all of that, if, if, assuming everything goes perfectly, the game itself looks ridiculously awesome. Redunkubunculus to the power of honkulus? Yeah, man, that's yeah. exactly how I would have phrased it. Wow, I'm really <laughs> happy that I guessed that exact way that you would have phrased it. And, uh, um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Hopefully that wasn't just a fluke. I can do it a few times throughout the episode. <laughs> My man, so you've looked into rigs, talked a bit about Horizon. We, we like, glanced. We just, like, sprinted past. We completely blanked Fallout 4 and Battlefront. They're just looking at us like, what? Like, how could you do that? Like, I, you know me. Don't you know me? Like, they actually, they're actually they're looking at us right now, accusingly. We'll get back to you. Yes, of course we're going to talk about Battlefront and Fallout. But, man, Overwatch. Overwatch. Dude, <laughs> I am so keen. How about you? I'm super keen, dude. I love, I love the, um, I mean, obviously we can briefly touch on this because it is um, going to come up a bit later in yeah. detail. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Overwatch, uh, I am super keen. I love the visual design. I really would like to see some gameplay. I haven't seen anything. Um, oh, that's dude. That's going to make it for me. You should, you, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of gameplay out there ready for you, man. So wait until Yeah, I just, I just haven't had the chance to look at it yet, but I don't, that's, like, cool. that's what I'm waiting for. That's what needs to hit me. Yeah. Um, well, I'll speak to that yeah. a little bit because, you know, a, a Blizzard have never done a first-person shooter. Um they've just kind of done their Warcraft slash Starcraft uh, slash Diablo thing for almost 20 years, man. This is their their first IP in almost 20 years. And I am so impressed. This is coming completely... I'm, I'm as probably the Tweety Gamer, uh, the budding Tweety Gamer community probably knows, um, you know, I haven't mentioned any Blizzard games, um, not even in passing, not even in tags or anything. Uh, I don't, I'm not zeroed in on them. Um, I think, I really think high, I mean, I've been melting away, just unbel like, I cannot believe that Warcraft is happening. Um, that's, that's sort of made its way into some of my updates, but I, I don't consider that strictly talking about the games. That's, that's very much, you know, I think it's, it's orientated towards the film and the accomplishment of that film, which we'll talk about in the film section of the top fives. But with Blizzard, I think, it's so interesting that the main thing that has just like just jumped straight onto my radar has been this game. What I what it immediately reminds me of is Team Fortress. Do you agree? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, yeah. the artistic style, the Pixarish fun kind of like just sort of completely non-serious, like self-aware sort of fun of it. Um, yeah. Even even the premise, you're right. Like as you said, self-aware, with just the sheer variety of backgrounds and uh, as in the backgrounds yeah. of the characters and the character designs themselves. There's just this beautiful and and I think quite heavily missed uh, aspect of games uh, from we'll just call it the '90s, but I'm probably going to stretch that back into the '80s as well. There was just this yeah. sense of let's just say the word gaminess, you know, and and that's not as a pejorative. Um, games had an aspect to them of just like we don't have to explain this thoroughly this guy has a pig mask it's 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 jet black it is uh and he's got a huge stomach with like a pig tattoo and the 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 pigs of the tattoos face like the nose is the belly button and and the guy has like a giant hook 
we're not gonna you know we don't have to explain it too much you know and 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 that was something that for example with uh um i'll, I'll talk about this in our deep cut section but uh, a bit further but um this game called bloodlines back in the ps1 age i'll i'll put a, a picture obviously of a couple of the characters on the youtube video version of this but there was this sense just with those earlier games just when games was just getting gaming was just getting started you know the exaggerated proportions for example you know yeah and that's something that blizzard you know that's just part of them there was also a game called time splitters do you remember time splitters i do i never played it but i do remember that yeah just that and interestingly time splitters started coming it came out when games were starting to begin their journey towards like grittiness you know something that halo yeah. kind of uh started doing as well even though halo was super colorful as well um you can tell that halo was part of that maturation of the medium in terms of story and and, and design and and uh, we'll talk a bit a, a bit about this in the main section but we're still dude we're still in the top vibes can you believe that this is yeah man it's, it's crazy. just it's like, just, i'm still in the games one as well <laughs> dude we're just spilling we're spilling so let's keep it tight 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 tuco tight um, any Breaking Bad people will get that reference. Um, I'm I'm also prepared to cut a whole bunch out of the freaking show just to keep it tight. <laughs> it's fine. We'll also be like we'll 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 get more disciplined as as time goes on. But anyway, um, give me your Battlefront like immediate, like gut, honest childhood Battlefront thoughts. Go unfiltered, oh, man. Go 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 go. Oh, my I'm God. giving you the okay. floor. Six, six days away, man. Six <laughs> days from now. The best game. <laughs> that's what's fucking happening and man do you know what i like i haven't played battlefront 2 in a long time yeah but as soon as battlefront comes out i'm just gonna be right back there but like 10 times better you... i'm gonna be all over it absolutely man absolutely excited, man. i can so dig that and and um you know today i was just looking uh i came back from work and i was just looking at some of the gameplay of Oh man, I can't. You've seen the trailer, so it's no spoiler. But the swoop, as in the speeder, the Imperial speeder gameplay on Endor, you can't, you can't prepare yourself. You can't prepare yourself for that. Because I'm gonna share a little anecdote, and I'd like to have one of yours as well, if it's okay, and if you're comfortable sharing. But when I was ten years old on an, the oval of Yarralumma Primary School, which is where I went to primary school, I would just sit there, and then I would. Be with my friends on the oval, screaming around, making that woo sound, you know, <laughs> pretending I was on that damn speeder. And I, this speaks to how strong the memory is. Um, yeah, totally. This is going to so easily turn into a Star Wars podcast. Oh, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Keep it together. Um, I, it, it speaks so, so much of, of just like the timelessness of, of, of those memories that they stuck into my head so strongly that I, I was, I just used to imagine having a speeder. Did you do that when you were a kid? Like you imagined having the actual speeder. You imagined having an X-Wing. All the time, man. Yeah, All dude. All the time. That's yeah. why I've got a motorbike. <laughs> dude, I can, uh, yeah, I, I think I can see that now. Actually, the first time I've actually made that connection, but I'm sure you're, you're making that sound in the helmet, like, like it's a little bit muffled, <laughs> totally, but it's like, Get 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 on the side of that one. I'll take these two. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, dude. Okay, so Battlefront. We need to tighten that up. Look, Battlefront's gonna get its due in the main subject, uh, or throughout. Probably peppered throughout 
the damn podcast, but we need to keep this thing on track. In fact, let's yeah, yeah. let's stay you know true to ourselves about this new direction of structure. So Fallout Four, give it to me. Uh, I've finally picked up the pre-order. Well, Alex picked up the pre-order for me tonight. Um, yeah. Oh man. I haven't opened it yet or played it yet. Same but, here. Um, I finally got it, and yeah. I'm just crazy excited. I'm my like the first time I ever played the, like Fallout Three. I um, I, I was just like ridiculously blown away. Yeah. Like, I, you know when you step out of the vault. Have you played Fallout Three? I have played Fallout. What have I played? I've played yeah. I in two thousand and ten, I played Fallout Three for about three days. And uh, I needed to work and do other things, and sadly, I wasn't able to get into it. How how far into oh, it did you get? Dude, I finished the whole thing. I played it when I um, got my uh, appendix out. Oh, really? I was, like sofa ridden for like a, you know two weeks or something, and I just played Fallout Three the whole time. But like when I first played it, there's this moment that after you've played, like the entire tutorial level is in in the vault. Oh, yeah. Um, and then you you start the game when you walk out of the vault for the first time, and it's just this stunning moment. Oh, in my gosh. Industry. Like, it's this massive moment, and there's, you know, you walk out of there, and, like, this is, like, you're playing a character who grew up in the vault, like, you've never been outside before. Yeah. And then you step outside, and you feel the way that that character would feel. Oh, dude. Like, you just walk out and the, and the sun is so bright that all you see is white light for, you know, a few seconds, like 30 seconds or so. And then it finally, like, you know, like, clears into this, like, post-apocalyptic wasteland. Oh, my and, gosh. And you just look out over it. It's just, it's phenomenal, dude. Like, Man. it's ridiculously cool. I, I, and that's what I'm, like, I'm just, I'm keen to, to feel that again, you know, like, play that again. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and look, I, I feel the exact same way, especially with, you know, some of the stuff that was like the very first screenshots and the very first coverage. I think it was E3 this year of, oh my God, it was E3 of this year that Fallout 4 was revealed. My friend Brendan, do you understand? Like that is, un, that is unheard of for, um, for a, a game studio to do. And I just, I, I love that they're sticking to their guns with that old fashioned way of revealing games. It didn't used yeah, to be no. about these long, you know, uh, basically, I guess, mostly profit and market, marketability oriented marketing campaigns, which start early with the click, with the clickbait, not the clickbait, but let's just put it in the way that they release content so that people can release articles so that people can make get hits on websites and make money okay yeah, totally. bethesda were totally in the clear to do that they could have done that they have been quiet about fallout 4 since 2007 that is when fallout 4 entered production that is insane and it's just so committed and the, the integrity that they've displayed I'm I'm just I'm not gonna be around the bush, man. Um, it's been getting the upper nines to the tens this Fallout for beast of a game. Okay, awesome. so we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna have oh, it's gonna be amazing. So that'll be re really great. So look, we've covered our top five game stories. Here we go. And you know what? You know what, Brenda? We're gonna do Star Wars last because damn it, we need to give the other things a chance. Okay? Yeah, totally. Top five film stories of the week. Now, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna cover now. Unlike the first, like, this is just me kind of uh, intuiting the best way to do this. Uh, I think I might cover all of them, 
speak a bit about each one, about all the updates, then we'll go into each one and talk about it. So, number one is Marvel. Okay, so we've got Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Spider-Man, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War. These are all making Civil progress. War, man. Civil War, you forgot Civil War. And Civil War. And Civil that's War, the thank you. One as well. That's like the one that's coming out soonest. Oh, I can't even deal. We're going to talk about all those. Um, those have all received production updates, uh, including Benedict oh, Cumberbatch's amazing beard, which made an appearance on Eclecticast as well. I have a feeling that um, because it got a mention, not an appearance, obviously. Um, I think it's going to infect all of the premiere episodes of all of the ECN podcasts. I will make sure to mention Benedict Cumberbatch's beard. I will do a supercut. <laughs> I am committing right here on the podcast to doing that. I will be in the middle of an Alba Talk episode about life and discussion or whatever, and I'll just randomly be like, so Benedict Cumberbatch grew a beard, and I think this is relevant to like your personal health. You know, so I'll, I'll, good, man. I will do it. Then we've got Alien 5. Okay. So uh, Alien 5, interestingly, sadly, or I'm not sure what to think, Lee, is uh, it's receiving a little bit of a, it's kind of getting shifted aside so that Paradise Lost can come out, which is the Ridley Scott directed one. Look, it's it's not too much of a big deal, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, Indie 5. Okay. So there's a, uh, there's some progress happening with that. Um, there's some buzz happening with Spielberg basically saying outright that he's going to do it. And uh, Frank Marshall acknowledging that it's an actual thing by commenting on it and saying that they have plans for it. Um, we've got Fantastic Beasts. Uh, I cannot even deal right now because it sounds so exciting and what a really great premise, you know, to have this guy who's essentially, um, yeah, he's like a teacher. You know, he's, a, and he's an Oscar award-winning actor, Eddie Redmayne, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then we've got Star Wars, which, you know, that'll, that will that segment will do itself. So, let's begin. That's in just, the... Yeah, that speaks for itself, man. We don't even need to talk about it. It's just Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah actually. Already... We'll see how we go. We're doing okay with segment time. We're at 36 minutes so far. The top five games place was, the uh, segment was supposed to take a roughly half an hour. So, and the intro was supposed to take five minutes or five, ten minutes. So, my friend, we're, we're good. We're doing good. Cool. It's fine. So even if we thought we were off schedule, we are totally on schedule. Yeah, yo. Nice. Okay, man. Okay, man. So top five film stories of the week. Let's start with... Look, we'll go with the one that... You've left me some of your notes here, so you're not... You're feeling a bit cynical. So Indie 5, go ahead. Well, yeah. I don't know, man. I just... At this point, I feel like it's not something that's uh, actually organically evolving. Do you know what mm, I mean? Like you think it's, it's corporate? You think it's a business thing? Maybe not Not so much that. I just feel like they're pushing it. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's, it's not something that's grown out of a need to tell the story. I feel like they just they want to tell the story and they're just pushing You can usually tell. In. You're right. You can usually yeah. tell uh, where the decision is coming from. And I think people are getting more discerning about that. And I really hope that, you know, Frank Marshall is the guy behind uh, Jurassic World, and they've made some great decisions with that, you know, in, in terms of how to present it and and how to integrate the plot of that into the existing series of films. And I think it's essentially going to be a new trilogy. I really hope that Indy 5 um, ends up being sort of, 
with using indie four sort of as a bookmark, you know, because um, I don't I don't believe indie four is connected to the first three. I think indie four can be safely considered a bookmark, and I think this next one should be a new trilogy. Starting off, we should have some really super intuitive way of incorporating Harrison, who they're saying he's going to play indie, and there's going to be they. Frank Marshall's exact quote was, "We just have to figure this out with how to do it." You know, with how yeah. to um, do it properly, and um, that's my. Uh, you know, I understand the cynicism, but my my take on it is that there is a chance uh, that, given this guy has obviously had great returns with Jurassic World, I think second only to Avatar in earnings, possibly. Please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Uh, it's what I've been hearing. Thereabouts, we're talking in the billions, multi billions of dollars, and I think he's not the type of person to hear that feedback understand why his film was successful and not uh not saying outright replicate it but just respect where that success comes from and the success of Jurassic World was all about having been able to strike that great balance between doing something that didn't feel like it like an outright cash in and I think Jurassic World had some of the best meta commentary of any film don't you agree yeah, yeah, totally, man. Yeah, I mean, using the Indominus as basically an analogy for Jurassic World itself. You know, what's the next big thing? How can we impress people who are jaded with dinosaurs? You know, it was it was great to actually make commentary on the exact situation the Jurassic World film itself was in, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, so if they can do something just as clever with Indy 5, um, I'd be happy about that. That's as much as I can speak to it. How about you? Anything else? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously, yeah, I'm pretty cynical, and I, I can't really form much more of an opinion, to be honest, until we see more details. Yeah, that's reckon, fine. So, yeah. That's fine. Actually, I'll use this opportunity of this um, Tweety cast to actually cover off of anything we bring up. I'll just ask if you're good with spoilers, although you can also give me a blanket statement and be like, dude, I'm happy with any spoilers about just about anything, just not Star Wars. Are you happy to say that? Well, basically, yeah, to be okay. honest. Cool. Anything, anything but Star Wars. I'm fairly happy with, with hearing about. I have got you covered, bruh. I will, I will, <laughs> I will keep this co- covenant of of a promise and and not betray you. I will not. No, I will, uh, I will, um, I'll be true to your amazing ability to be spoiler free with Star Wars. You are. It's crazy. You're like some kind of freaking cleric. Some kind of just I, you got honestly, magical I, powers. I still don't know how. I've remained spoiler-free. It's ridiculous. I don't know either, I don't man. know how it's happening. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you should be freaking tested tested on. You should be freaking rest- studied in labs. I'm telling you. Yeah, man. Well done, man. Cool, so that's Indy 5 in the bag. Let's talk about the other other five. The other five, Alien 5. So uh, <laughs> um, it recently got a bump to the side so that um, Mr. Ridley Scott, who did a phenomenal job, with the Martian, this is look on an impromptu plug for the Martian. Go and see the Martian. Oh man, dude, I love that movie. Uh, I love that movie. I'm writing a review of it actually now for so keen for, for it. so keen for it. Uh, yeah, it, just starting a review, so that'll be released in the next. I don't know, for sure, man. Week or so, Speak maybe. to it a little. Hey, we can use. Look, there's not much on Alien Five. It's just been shifted. It's been kind of shelved in a way, and um, so we can yeah. we can open up uh, open up a bit about the Martian in its stead. I'll tell you right now, I've never felt a film, like I went to see it with Ray, my girlfriend, I've never felt a film connect the genre of science fiction with this this genre, because it is, it does have science fiction-y aspects, but connect that with the genre of drama, 
with the genre of kind of organic, grounded, non-over-the-top comedy. Um, With the genre of thriller, like it was this beautiful, like, uh, omni-beast of just... It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And NASA has never worked that closely with any film team before. And I think they, um, they they probably, that's kind of a testament to how like they recognize that the quality was happening and that this is a realistic reaction of a, re- of almost at a restaurant, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about an astronaut. Although I would like yeah. a restaurant on Mars. That would be cool. But that's yeah, he, he really handled himself. In fact, the whole kind of central core message of the film was like deal with your problems man don't dramatize don't turn this into some big dramatic hollywood uh oh please come save me type thing like he was resourceful like this whole movie yeah. was like a, tri- a tribute or a pay-in to human resourcefulness and human optimism you know yeah totally yeah man and also very pro-science as well which i like totes totes to the pro-science manizzle sorry so every time I use words like payan and, and all these kind of pretentious words, some may view them as such, um, try to kind of bring it back down with my street talk. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, gosh. I'm going to get some feedback about that, I'm sure. Look, we've done our two fives, Indie Five, <laughs> Alien Five. Um, well, I want to talk about Fantastic Beasts, homie. Dude. Hey, man, Okay, I'm gonna cover my. I'll do a little little spiel, but I really, really, really want to hear from you about this. So, I see these. I see these um, photos, um, the officially released ones about the filming. First of all, as a silhouette, Mister Newt Scamander, which is the character's name, freaking brilliant. Like with his freaking coat and stuff, he's like, like the the Doctor Who you you wish was Doctor Who, but in an even better way because. Yeah. It's just it's like gangly and cool and he looks like he's about he's like almost like a Tintin character, like just a really strong yeah. silhouette with that coat and just the fumbliness and I'm sure he's gonna have these wacky adventures and it's it's almost in the back of your head you could almost see the, the book title, like The Adventures of a Magizoologist. Like it's such a strong idea. Yeah, totally man. And I'm glad that they went with that as a um as a further exploration of the Harry Potter universe, yeah. I feel like they could have chosen a lot of other things. But yeah. A lot of other things would have been really bad to choose. And safer as well. They could have gone way safe. Yeah, they could have uh, They could have just leaned, done a straight-up cash-in on the originals and tried to get some of the original cast members back. But do you know when this one is set? Uh, yeah, it's um, 70 years before, I That's think. right. That's right. In, uh, Something in, about that. In yeah. America, where non... Yeah. How do you... By the way, do... Um, with this movie, how do you feel about the new version of, of the word muggle? I was literally just about to say that, non-magical. I like Nomadge. It's cool. It sounds yeah, American. I, it just sounds awkward to me. It sounds oh, weird. It's I don't go, like it's it. It's super I'm American. My ways. It, it's great. I love it. It just, it sounds... Muggle? I don't know. Muggle is so classic now. Like, it's been around for so long. But Muggle, that's... Muggle is very tri- t- typically a British it, sounding. You know what I'm talking about? It's very British, but it's so classic, you know? Like, yeah, I know. Think of when you, I don't know. But try to say it in an American accent. So, like, uh, Muggle, like, that just sounds weird. Like, there's no American, (laughs) you know? So, but like, Nomadge, like, sounds like, yeah, it just works for me. I think it's, I think they're going to make it. I think they should have gone with Normies. Normie. (laughs) Like, like in, um, there's an episode of, um, Family Guy where Peter gets plastic surgery and he's, like, super gorgeous and then he starts calling people that aren't attractive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
I wished I had a goal with that because that would have been so good. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I, I love that. I love that episode so much. Um, <laughs> who knows? I think, uh, I don't know how much Harry Potter parody stuff that uh, that Seth has done. Um, nothing immediately comes to mind, but it's just great to see it in the in the, in the public face again. This universe, I th- I'm going to call it the Wizarding World. Um, yeah, I so think that's what people call it. It's, yeah. I think people said Potterverse. The Potterverse, know. Wizarding World, yeah. Um, but let's just yeah the format of this these films it's going to be a trilogy it's been pre-announced about that but 70 years before set in america the american uh native american um uh aspect of the magical side of america will be investigated i think i just weirdly have this you know i'm I'm jaded about about a whole things a whole bunch of things you know um i've i suffered my blows my knocks to my expectations with things like Pacific Rim and I'm <laughs> and the Lone Ranger. Oh gosh, um, and Ninja Turtles. Uh, thank you. I that's a good friend right there who just like holds up all your f ups right to your face and be like, <laughs> "Dude, care about you. It's about it's about improving yourself." And I'm not gonna just like coddle you and uh, and 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 try to sugarcoat things. You had some shit shitty music. Sorry, shitty uh, film. Uh, film hypes or whatever i was i was getting stupidly hyped for these films that ended up panning out not too good at all but um yeah. i i weirdly have this faith in in j k person rolling who <laughs> i think i think she's gonna do something something good you know i think i think it'll be really good and like you said eddie redman's won an oscar and i yeah. feel like he's gonna knock it out of the park i reckon he'll be good he's a flustered man like it just slipped so perfectly into it flustered magizoologist that format of being able to go to different lands with different animals and stuff. There's going to be Colin Farrell as a wizard. His name's Graves. Yeah, I want to know who. I want to know who Ron Perlman's going to be. That's interesting. Are you kidding I feel me? Like he's going to be like a monster or something. He might even be the the American Dumbledore. Who knows? Something like that. Nah. Maybe. Not he's, Ron Perlman. Nah, he'll be a monster. Oh. Uh, ooh. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. I'm Tell calling me. it. He'll be like. He'll, I reckon he'll. It, it might even be purely voice work. I reckon he'll be a CGI monster. Oh wow! And it'll be his voice. That's what I'm calling. Cray cray. Okay, you call it it here. We will uh, bring up this uh, old um, little audio ex- excerpt when we're doing the Fantastic Beasts review. If uh, Brendan called it, he called it. I will. I will make sure not to forget to get this little spiel and give you the props you deserved if you were right. Okay. All right. Done. My man, let's get on to Marvel so then we can get on to Star Wars. I have a, I, I can speak to that a little. Uh, I will say my little ditty, which I usually say, and I'll let, I'll get let you jump straight back in. But I'm gonna say this right now. Uh, I believe that uh, with Disney um, buying Marvel, um, that was like, and please, I, I I'm expecting the hate and I'm expecting the sinis- the uh, the anger to come. But this is all deliberate and i'm i'm not fully serious in saying this but i'm i am in star wars mode now i think there's an inkling of truth to it but i really think that disney bought marvel as a test as like training wheels for buying lucasfilm do you agree (laughs) (laughs) i think it's definitely like they even if it wasn't consciously a trial run i feel like yeah. That's what it ended up being anyway, effectively. Like, yeah. Thank you for normalizing right. what I was trying to say. You're right. Yeah. Unco- <laughs> making it less conspiracy theory. Yeah, and making right. it less like a, like 
like over the top aggressive and i i and like i said that was a joke i, I actually I'm, I'm i really value what disney are doing with with marvel and i think it's yeah. it's it's such an amazing set of films that they're putting out and you know how they have you know there's the midas touch i think there should be a hashtag the marvel touch you know yeah, totally. and totally. look no further than guardians of the galaxy that was the ultimate test of them being uh, saying look hey we're just gonna really ride on our wave of, of being able to really connect with these properties and know intuitively how to present them in a way that connects with audiences. The 80s soundtrack, Chris Pratt, all of these elements, they know how to handle themselves. And that's why it bolsters my faith in what they're doing with Star Wars, being completely grounded here, for sure. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, any of the Marvel stuff you want to talk about in particular out of those uh, ones that we uh, discussed in the little intro? So Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, uh, Ragnarok, Black Panther, anything? Civil War? Um, Civil War and Spider-Man okay. are the biggest things for me. Yeah. Um, I keep forgetting Spider-Man there's a new Spider-Man coming out. Sorry? I keep forgetting there's a new Spider-Man coming out, like just with a new guy. I think he's been cast already, right? Yeah, it's, um, I think his name's Tom Holland or something, Tim Holland. Holland days. It's it's the days of Holland. Kid. Time for uh, there's a pun there. Get it? <laughs> Holland days sauce. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll 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 work that in I, with the magic of editing. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Cool. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. For me, um, it's a big deal that that Spider Man is finally under Marvel's jurisdiction now instead of being in Sony. Um, yeah. He was. The film rights were owned by Sony up until very, very recently. I feel I'm a little worried that um, because Spider-Man was added uh, so late in the game when there was already a script for Civil War, um, that there might be a bit of an obvious sort of, uh, I suppose, like Band-Aid kind of character for him, you know what I mean? Like he was slapped on at the last minute in Civil War. Film, whereas in the comics he has a huge role in, yeah. in Civil War, and so I'm a little worried about that. But yeah. um, I think that, like you said, Marvel's doing amazingly well. So I hope they don't break their streak. Off. Yeah, you're right. I really hope they they yeah. uh, they, they stay faithful and 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 uh, to, to to the direction they're going in. Um, I think even Ant Man like did fairly well. They've already. You know, uh, they're already beginning production on the sequel. I think it's called Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and yep. that was that was um, set up at the end of the movie. Did you see Ant Man? Oh uh, no, I haven't. Oh, it's awesome! It's yeah. really, really awesome. Yeah, man. No, oh, and and again, just being completely like earnest and serious here, like really, really respect what Disney are doing with Marvel and Marvel un- unto themselves. I um, I'm really looking forward to Black Panther and Doctor Strange. I really want to yeah, see totally. those. They're getting a bit more out there. And then the Inhumans as well later on. <sighs> they're getting really, really out there now. And I, and I love that. And I feel like it proves that they can handle it with um, Guardians. Like you said, the Guardians were basically unknown when they made the movie. Yeah. massive. People love it. Yeah. I've got the art book and everything. Look, they did a phenomenal job on that. And, and they kept the levity. You know, they kept uh, yeah. this great balance between, you know, the drama and, and just that self-referential kind of winking at the audience type thing, which didn't, you know, didn't come across as contrived or performy. It actually felt yeah. just like that it fit, you know, and, and and that's a strong script, strong actors, strong production. You know, that's, that's all you need. Yeah. I think we're really entering an era of that. I don't want to jinx it, but I really think that, these filmmakers, they just, they've got the basics down pat and we're getting films that, you know, there's this level, this this sort of 
um, bar of quality, this this sort of foundation of quality that we're just going to get with these films. I mean, Thor 2, for example, like uh, it didn't leave a lasting impact, but it was a well put together film. I really enjoyed this, like the weird kind of dogfight thing that happened in Asgard. Like, you know what I mean? Have you seen that film? Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, I'll try not to do too many of those, which is like, I say a scene and then I ask if you've seen it, like, spoil much. <laughs> But that's cool. Uh, okay, jumping behind the scenes, dude. I've been calling for like an hour, um, yeah. just on Telstra. I wonder if it could be worth trying Skype again. But it's so I don't know. I I I think it's we're just b- bad luck with the thunderstorm, you know. Um, yeah, I, I like the call is working really well, man. I reckon we should just stick to that. Okay, I'm cool with that, man. I think uh, we'll just keep going with this one that way, and uh, we'll. Thank you, twenty nine bucks I spent on the Skype. I'll probably try and try and get a refund. But here's the thing: like, I'm probably going to use Skype for other things as well. So I think it was well spent. Yeah, and we and we can try it again. It's just for tonight. This is for tonight, really well. It is for sure. Okay, jumping back out of the behind, the, in front of the scenes, whatever. Okay, <laughs> coolies. So that was our top five film stories. Um, guys and girls. I'm never going to forget to say that and girls. Come on everyone's even the even girls when they're hanging out they say oh guys do you want to do that's fine i understand but i'm gonna say guys and girls because that's just how i am we have very awesomely and uh just organically spent quite a bit of time with our top fives we have other segments guys and girls top five tv (laughs) stories we need to scream through them we need to like slalom through these you ready to slalom with me buddy yeah, bro, let's scalounge through them. Let's scalounge hashtag Key and Peel. If you guys don't know what that's all about, I'm going to put a note in the show notes to see that very scene. Uh, if you can find it anywhere on YouTube, Key and Peel, hashtag Key and Peel again, hashtag Key and Peel a third time. I love those guys. <laughs> really great. Actually, very timely to bring that up in the TV segment because they're a TV series and you should see them. Key and Bloody oh, Peel. They are a great friend of TweetyCast and ECN, and one day we will interview them. I promise you. <laughs> that would be the coolest. Yeah. It, anyone, everyone has a Skype address, man. That's the best thing about uh, about this format is that everyone's reachable. Technology has democratized correspondence from high to the low. Even Obama has a Skype address. At one point, who knows what can happen. Um, okay, let's scream through them. Slalom, sclounced, slalom. Let's go Narcos. Okay, actually, I'm going to cover them all. So Narcos, okay? Beautiful series. You know, it's got... Uh, um, it's got... Uh, you know what? I'm horrible because I don't know any of the actors' names, but their performances are tremendous. Um, and, yeah, the main guy, he was in Elysium. Oh, I'm horrible. Look, it's a fantastic series. Please check it out. It's, uh, it's um, a... It sort of chronicles um, the rise of Pablo Escobar. Fantastic. Um, you got Chronicles of Shannara, who are going to give Game of Thrones a run for their money. I am sure of this. All of the interviews I've seen, super impressive. Uh, we'll talk about that. Um, Blackout. Uh, interestingly, I see your notes here. Like, no idea. Haven't heard a thing. It's funny because yeah, with man, the Blackout, but you get it. Like Blackout is in Blackout of information, as in you. Don't know anything. <laughs> anyway, okay. So Jessica Jones uh, is a Marvel series. I can see you're keen for that. And then um, my man Daredevil. Uh, you oh, man. Oh, man. I know. I know. 
Okay, so let's begin. I'm gonna just pick the spin the wheel. Da, 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 da. Let's get Shannara out of the way. Okay. Um, so I see that you've yeah you've done a bit of research on that. What is your relationship with Shannara? Um, I never read the books, but I, I, I um I have read a couple of Terry Brooks um books before, and I am very excited to see the show, and I really like the fact that Terry Brooks himself is actually really in love with what they've done. Yeah, the I saw that panel at a, NYC. Yeah, that's a huge, like, Boost. massively good sign. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some really good actors in it. Uh, Manu Bennett from... Um, oh, yeah. Uh, from Spartacus. In it. He's very cool. He was also the white... Um, the white orc. Oh, sorry, the, the yeah, the white, uh, the white orc, sorry. From, yeah, yeah from the Hobbit, yeah. Azog, yeah. Yeah, Azog, that's right. Yeah, Azog. I forgot his name, but yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, and he's, he's phenomenal. He's very, very cool. I saw him, I went to Supernova in, I think it was Melbourne, maybe. Um, it was either Melbourne or Sydney, and he was there, and he was talking to the crowd. I didn't get to meet him, but he was talking to the crowd, and he is just the nicest guy in real life, and... Yeah, no, he really seems that way. Even on the panel, he's super like yeah. just grounded and 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 just real and down to earth. And and he was speaking with his co uh, his co stars, the younger ones, and he was like so bro, like bro, and also fatherly with them, like sort of giving yeah. the main um don't know, I think his name's Austin. I think that's I his first name is the blonde dude. Just giving him noogies and just like hugging him and being like, this is a fantastic actor right here, guys. And and totally, you can feel that he was being honest and stuff. And I, yeah, sadly, do not know any of the actors' names. I, I want to keep it pretty honest on this show. When I when I when I know actors' names, it means it's they they've earned it. I haven't just researched researched it, and I'm reading off a screen. I will do that occasionally, but uh, mm. but I think Shannara has some great potential and um, some great people behind it. And just from the NYC coverage I've seen, that trailer. I'm not sure. Do you see the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer at all, no. Oh, well then, that should be something definitely after this cast before bedtime. Todo, you gotta do that. My man, so we'll we'll touch on this quickly. So, because we spent, like I said, a bit of time on the film and games. We'll just scream through this. We'll keep it pretty short. We'll balance it out a bit better with the next episode. So, give me your daredevil. Give me your thoughts oh, uh, on the progress of its that it's been dude, making season two. Daredevil, I haven't seen much. I've seen a few episodes. I saw, I think, the first maybe half dozen episodes, oh, and um, and it is ridiculously amazing. Like it, it just just so nuanced. Everything about it is so damn cool. You know, it's, um, it's just subtle. Really, really, it's it's kind of like really, really not what you would expect yeah it's just drama it's it's legit very well put together the writing and and you know what i'm about to bomb drop you with same screenwriter as the martian yeah nice yeah so if you if you notice that organic uh you know genuine sort of human dialogue that sort of natural feeling banter like with foggy i love foggy yeah you know he's, he's he's one of the highlights for me Really excited about season two. I think that's as much as we can speak to Daredevil. Without going overboard on this segment, we'll go to Jessica Jones. What do you think? Um, yeah, I haven't seen heaps, but I've heard really, really good things. And apparently it's just as dark and brutal and, and well-written and well-made as, as Daredevil. So da- I'm um, very, very excited about it. My man, Dave David Tennant as the Purple Man. That's all i yeah, got to say. <laughs> oh, he's, like, he's, a bad guy. oh my god he's gonna be he's gonna be so damn cool i love that dude yeah 
Uh, I'm not even joking right now. That that that'll be something special. I think. Um, I think yeah, it's going to do what I think. I've heard early buzz about it, basically saying that it's coming at the subject matter, uh, uh, you know, along the lines of Daredevil, but with a with a with an even grittier, I guess, or just even more. Just I guess the one of the a really crude way of describing it is even further away from superhero type tropes. I mean, I think. It's got some heavy subject matter yeah. there. Like in the comics, it's it's really brutal. Like I haven't actually read any of the comics. I'm not much of a comic guy, actually, but I respect enormously what what the art form is, and I research it pretty intensely. For someone who doesn't read many of them, I, I read about them a whole heck of a lot. So yeah. interestingly, yeah. Um, now we talked about Narcos, Chinara, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. I'm going to tell you a bit about Blackout. Very simple. Blackout, I'm excited about it. It's about a woman who wakes up in the middle of like Times Square inside of a bag. She's covered in tattoos. She doesn't know why. All the tattoos have like secret little meanings. Each episode is about decrypting one of the tattoos. Full stop. Oh, no way. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Why didn't I know about that? I know. She's like, totes boats naked and uh, obviously doesn't stay naked for the rest of the show. Even though probably (laughs) there was a petition to have that happen for the viewings. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not all TV execs are pervs, I'm sure. No, and she's a very, very strong actress. Actually, she's in Thor. She is Thor's blackhead companion, whose name I do not remember. I do know that. Yeah, I know that actor, but I can't remember her name. That is, that's right. And right, you're right to say actor because the actress thing is so 1990s. Oh, my God. <laughs> guys that was our first technically 30 minute segment the top fives of the week uh it is a officially almost a 50 minute segment which means that we're just going to tighten up the next ones and with the magic of editing keep it nice and breezy for you guys because we care about your time we don't want to waste it with too much filler so it's all filler no yeah all killer no filler ha <laughs> ha almost had that reverse yeah dude okay so we're now into our weeklies what we have with this weekly section is... Every, oh, by the way, I'm going to put bu- bumpers, by the way. I like little uh, weeklies, uh, yeah, weeklies, da-da-da. I'll, I'll do something. <laughs> I'll do something. I will. Either in this show or the next one. So with our weekly segment, we have a reading from some media or other. We're going to either go games or film or TV. A reading is just the term that I'm calling a description or a quote or something from a scene or anything in these media that can be read into that we can read about that we, that we can read into in terms of meaning and in terms of what it means for like just proving like the quality of something and, and that like the way that the criteria for picking a, a reading is that it just makes you sort of sit back and say wow this is incredible and I did not expect um, for this to kind of give me this uh, level of quality or this um, this level of nuance, and and again, as I mentioned previously, Tweety Gamer is about really promoting those aspects of games. You know, um, for example, there may be a line of kind of fictional poetry that you might read in a game, or a, a quote from a game character who really like encapsulates the human condition or how to deal with uh, grief, or or you know, just things that sort of really take you aback. And I think games as a platform again that relate so closely to life, and that they're both interactive experiences. We can connect on a deeper level with uh with games uh, i i believe even more than with films um and music and and tv just because of that shared aspect of interactivity i will i will preach this until i have no voice left i i really believe in this medium and um um i'm that's 
absolutely part of why I created ECN and uh, why 2D Gamer, you know, is is what it is, and and hopefully will continue to to grow into something that uh, reaches more people about it. So. <laughs> Brendan, I know you're very polite, by the way. You never jump in and say, yeah, 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 we get it. You said it before. Thank you so much. You, it cl clearly means you either are uh, too over it or tired to interrupt me and to stop me in that spiel, but I really do care about it, so I'm sorry that I say it so often. So good, man. Thanks, so man. Good. Okay, we're going to have a reading, as, as I just described. Then we're going to have a spotlight of a developer slash creator of one of these media formats, so games, films, TV. Well. We'll talk about an author, we'll talk about an actor, we'll talk about a director. We'll just go into it a little bit, because they deserve it. They really do, you know, and yeah. uh, we'll hone in on it. Choose one every week, it'll be great. Our third section of the like weekly segment is going to be the deep cut. So weekly, I'm going to give you a deep cut from one of these mediums, game, film, TV. We have a one from a games tonight. It relates to one of our subjects, as discussed in the games section. won't tell you which one, I've probably eluded it. To it in the earlier section, but I'll get to that when we do. So let us begin with our reading. Now, to do my reading, yeah, I'm going to do something that some of you kids have never heard of. I am going to get a book from my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> and that book is, there we go, Beasts of Chaos, which is a reading from, and do not roll your eyes, young kiddies, it is a book, a Warhammer book. Now, I'm going to put some show notes. Uh, so put in the show notes and talk to you guys about Warhammer Total War. Do you know anything about Warhammer Total War? Please um, uh, give me that insight, uh, Brendan, as I look for this story. Have you heard of it? Do you care about Warhammer much? I've heard of it. I'm not super into it. I really appreciate the like level of detail and depth that that, that world entails, but I'm not um, like a Fan, I yeah. say. No, that's fine. In fact, uh, one, one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to share a screenshot of a comment that I left to the Total War team, which went something along the lines of this. Guys, thank you so much for making this game. Um, this property has been around since the late 70s with White Dwarf beginning in the late 70s, roughly when Star Wars started. Um, it started as a kind of an offshoot of D&D, very you know, very much in, like a peer to D&D, grew into its own thing. Uh, it developed its own take on a fantasy universe. It has over 30 years of lore behind it. Um, and in the modern incarnation, that has stretched into hundreds of books. I'm sure on some level people are aware of Warhammer. However, it has been typically associated with the hobby of the tabletop game, my comment to the Total War guys was, guys, a lot of young kitties, little babies, they're going to be learning about this universe through your game. Total War is a strategy game. It is an RTS, um, but it's it's all it's been praised for its historical accuracy, uh, for its game mechanics. And when they decided to make that uh, kind of business deal together with Games Workshop, the idea of, you know, basically harnessing the technology that was used in the Helm's Deep scene, you know? You remember that scene wow. in uh, Two Towers? I kid you not, that is the description of the technology that is, like, the guys, the devs, who are um, creative assembly, who are making Total War. Um, those guys, they are using that technology straight up from 2002. Like, they just said, yep, this is the same technology from that film. We're just using it in the game now because that is as far as games have progressed. We're just using that now in terms of 
you know how it is. They they automated they automated that whole scene, and they just said. I think the program was called. Uh, well, back when it was a new term to use, Maya, you know, but uh, they they decided to give each of the soldiers, the Urukai and the Rohan so soldiers, they would give them their own behavior and they would fight on their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is now in a game and it's called Total War. And if you haven't seen any coverage, I'm definitely going to be linking you personally to it, Brandon, because, yeah, it's going to change some stuff for you, man. Yeah. We are in such Can a blessed... I, yeah, just as a side note to that. Yep. With the, with the um, software they created to, 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 to um, sort of... Helms Deep? ...film that battle sequence. Yep. Did you... I don't know if you've heard this before, but they, they tried to make the AI as as um, realistic as possible. And when they first um, when they first started um, that sort of simulation... Yeah. The orcs, the orcs basically just bolted. Ha, 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 ha. They started running at each other, and then when the fighting started, the orcs actually just ran away. That's hilarious. That's, that's... Yeah, because their AI was so realistic that they wanted to avoid getting hurt. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Thanks for that little nugget. We definitely... That was cool, man. I think 2D Gamer should totally be about these little things just popping up. That's so great. Um, thanks, man. So uh, let's move on to the, the reading itself. Uh, so this race hasn't been confirmed for Total War. Um... This reading is from the old universe now. Uh, Games Workshop have taken um, Warhammer Fantasy into another direction with Age of Sigma. They officially, quote-unquote, destroyed the fantasy world in-universe, which means that they restarted it from like a cosmic point of view, and Age of Sigma is doing its thing. I'm happy for it. I don't really connect with it in the same way as I do with Fantasy and 40k. Some people are. I think it's going quite well and, and power to them. Maybe I'll even adapt to it or kind of come around to it in time. But, Brendan, did you know about that? They basically destroyed the Warhammer universe. I did not know that. Yeah. So straight up, uh, Games Workshop, who own Warhammer, they said, look, we've taken this as far as it can go. And in the universe, everything's destroyed now. It's the same. It, it would be the same if George Lucas turn, turned around and said, look, they built a third Death Star and it blew up and everything's gone. And now let's start from the first, like microorganism and build again like yeah that's kind of what they've done not maybe not as extreme like this there's a whole story about you know people escaping to other dimensions to avoid the cataclysm but it was called the end times and it took place over like a couple of months and um throughout this time called the end times there was this uh literally the end times they ended the universe so but interestingly uh total war warhammer is sticking to the old I think we're just going to call it the old fantasy, the old Warhammer fantasy. And that era stretched on for countless numbers of years, probably as as much as we will ever be able to have. It's still a valid, valid continuity. It's still canon. So people are still going to write stories for that era, you know. And uh, Warhammer Total Wars, one of those. So this story, it's a tiny little old-fashioned reading from um, the first, I think it was 2006, gosh, the Beasts of Chaos book. So... Let's get straight into it. Okay. It's a uh, cautionary tale. Um, and to explain it a bit to you, Brendan, if you don't know about it, there is a realm in Warhammer called the Empire. And they're basically modeled after medieval Germany. And their land is surrounded by forests. And uh, these forests are crawling with beastmen uh, and chaos and stuff. And um, as can be expected with things like that, it's a bit similar to our in our own world. There are you know, cautionary tales, just like uh, the old Grimm's fairy tales. 
that uh, used to war warn kids against you know bad behavior and this one is called Thomas Wanderer and it's about a kid who disobeys his mother and I guess we'll find out what happens to him so here we go up for a bit of poetry man are you yeah, yeah. okay I'll do my best old-fashioned of voices so you open up the book of uh, beasts of chaos and it immediately greets you with this face I'll, ta I'll take a photo of it and post it on Instagram. It starts with, A Book of Bestial Malevolence. Thomas Wanderer. Out in shaded woodspan dwelt the murderous beast, Vittling on the sack for homes, gorge-laden with his feast, Stalkering tween the leaf and glade, Preying upon the weak, Glutting the hardy and the poor, And dining on the meek. And noth there was that braved the wood, not amidst the sword-handy and the good, except a gallanting knight from far Breton, who trot a quest to lay sword on. And Kinder, Thomas Wanderer, gnawed his mother's tongue, for Thomas he listened neither, much so for kinder young. He hitched up sweepstick pony, waving wooden sword, and sleeked out to the woodspan, footstepping Breton lord. The snivelling fool pranced at the bridge, and cry cackle at the boy, Go sleeking not with beast of teeth, Nor slit blood with some toy. But he was the fool, and none to mind, And Thomas heeded not, Slung shrag on Destria, And wested at the trot. Young Thomas spied the girthen oak, And tarried there a while, Then instead of easting back again, Tom rid another mile. He cleft the black-leaf shrubbery, And swayed in blood-daubed vine, Carefree took forth his napper food, and fettered there to dine. The woad-cut man found Thomas there, thrice spanned him round the ear. Be fangs and claws for you, my kid, if sunfall shrouds you here. With axe-haft brunting young man's hide, the woodsman bade Tom home. But Thomas mere a squalsome kid, and so he bide to roam. Honour in and inner on, through garbled bowl and threshy twine, Thomas goaded stick-horse on and ruddy sun, wed pale moonshine. And there amidst the sprickly bush, he, sp he spied the leering of the brute, stepped out brightly upon his steed, through graping branch and scraping root. And there, bale-eyed the spitened beast, all goried horns and slives and fangs. Yet briskly Thomas ventured on, he couched no dread nor homeward pangs. Though brave knight bidden to the grave, with wooden sword aloft, Plucky Tom brandished at the beast, who marred him with a scoff. What mires you here, young smooth-skinned born? Did not your mother about me warn? I have no fear, Tom cried aloud, horsing forward till beast he growled. I shall wolf your flesh and snap your bones, scrind your folkland and burn their homes. For mocking kid to dare my rage, your jibe it traps me like a cage. The unclaimed ones must dread my kind can never squander fear behind. So Thomas Wanderer was no more, who never did no good. So remember poor old Thomas, and roam not in the wood. That is a nursery tale of the Empire, often sung to the tune of Drakwald's Lament. What did you think of that, Brendan? That was intense, man. That is from a supplementary book of an old fantasy game. That sounded... Legit, just like something out of yeah. a history book, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. 
so well done that they use proper old Germanic English, like saying Kinder instead of child, you know? Yeah. Again, this stuff, it goes largely unsung, you know, and, and a lot of people roll their eyes about this sort of stuff, but it's an amazing amount of amount of attention to detail that was put into some of this stuff. And I really want to use Tweety Gamer to just put forward, that's the core of Tweety Gamer, you know? Um, you lent me the Jedi... You let me the Jedi path recently. Okay. You remember that? Yeah. Um, for the next week, would you be happy as a deep cut, or not a deep cut, sorry, as a reading? Could you read something from that? That would be really great. Yeah, totally, man. I love that book. Yeah, for sure. So that's what we're going to do every week. Um, hope you really enjoyed. I, I wanted to make that one the first one. It's one of my favorites. Always gives me goosebumps. It's uh, If you found it a bit tricky to navigate some of the old English, it's essentially the story. You, did you find it tricky at all to understand what happened? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll cover it. Basically, it sort of describes this kid. Uh, his name's Thomas the Wanderer, and uh, it sort of mentions that he's kind of brash and he kind of runs off with his wooden sword with his wooden sword and his wooden pony into the woods, you know, against his mother's advice. Uh, he's stopped by a, a cackling fool who's like, oh, you better turn back. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep pressing forward. And so then he goes to the edge of the wood and he finds a woodsman. And the woodsman says, oh, you better turn back. You're going to get killed by a beast if you don't and he's like no i'm a rambunctious young kid i'm gonna keep going and then he comes you know these things with fairy tales they always happen in threes you know yeah. it's like tried this tried that and then this happened you know so he comes across the beast itself the beast basically says your mother warned me about you and you're gonna find out why and he totally gets eaten up totally shredded to bits <laughs> so there you go cautionary tale now let's move on to our weekly dev spotlight. We are going to be talking about Chris Metzen. He is the world builder of Warcraft Diablo Starcraft. Uh, he was originally hired as an animator, but has contributed in an uncountable number of ways to Blizzard. He's a very interesting man. Brendan, I totally read off your notes. I'm sorry. You did. <laughs> yeah, and I just appropriated that. But speak to me about what you thought of Chris. I am... Um... Very intrigued. I mean, like I said, he's contributed in, in a crazy number of ways to Blizzard. He's uh, he's an author. He's a voice actor. Yeah, which is very cool. He, he's a world builder. Like I said, he he's directly contributed to a lot of the world building and history behind those three enterprises. He's um, so yeah. He's an author. He's uh, he's an animator. He's just he's yeah got a crazy number of talents. And yeah. Yeah, really, really cool. And, and I was so surprised. Like he, he's he's one of the people who, you know, he was speaking with Duncan Jones, the director of the Warcraft movie at BlizzCon 2014. I've rewatched that panel like three times just because mm. of how right. like how well the guy speaks and how well Duncan kind of you know uh, presents himself and 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 just the vibe of that whole conference feels really good. And Chris Hardwick yeah. did a fantastic job moderating it. But but uh, focusing in on Chris, um, he like. Like he's he he owns his quote unquote nerddom a lot. Like he's obviously part of one of the again, if you use this term, I I don't put too much stock in it, but the quote unquote nerdiest uh, angle of uh, games is um is uh, inarguably uh, Warcraft. It's often thrown in there with that. But again, there's a lot of pride there for me. I love Warcraft. I spent I I you know have a pretty podcast permissive kind of job and i just listen to the lore of warcraft i just think just uh, right up there with warhammer um an amazing unsung un, uh, like uh 
gosh, underappreciated lore, and I'm going to be doing a bit of readings about that, I think. But what do you know about Warcraft? Not much, to be honest, man. <laughs> that's cool, man. Um, that's Are you happy with 3D Gamer being like a way to kind of prompt you to, to look into some of this stuff? I, I'm definitely going to look into some of the stuff you recommend. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm always finding out about new stuff through these um, talks. That's what I love about them so yeah. much. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, thanks for that uh, from that ditty before about Helm's Deep. I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> it's so That's cool, man. I love so it. Great. I saw all the yeah, special feature stuff and, and yeah, yeah. software. Speaking a little bit about unsung aspects to productions, look, I, I, I have bought all of the Hobbit. I didn't strictly enjoy them as sort of films and as in the form the format of telling a compelling story in a kind of intriguing, compelling way. I think it was there were some things left to be desired with that, but I got those special editions, and you know why? It's because those crew members, there are thousands of people who work on these films, and I, I bought it for them. I really did. I bought the um, extended editions of all the Hobbit movies so that I could enjoy those special features. Do you do the same thing? Yeah, definitely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's just it's an important part. You know, people just, they kind of write ga games slash films and stuff off based on the sort of top build cast and the directors and their reputations but hundreds of people if not thousands of people work on these things and they really deserve yeah. you know they really do deserve that kind of focus and chris metzen he actually encapsulates one guy doing so many things so many i think yeah, he, totally. he started out as a script writer i think on um warcraft 3 i could be wrong no he i think he's been there since the very first one Warcraft Orcs and Humans and I th I find that quite poetic because um he uh he's part of the film you know which is going to explore that era you know mm. um I think we can't talk about Chris without talking about the Warcraft movie we don't have a dedicated segment to it so we can cover it a bit have you seen the latest trailer I have not oh buddy I, almost I reckon like... I reckon we should make that um a bigger topic in a, in a different talk and then okay. I can do a bunch of research on it. Okay, for sure I'll see that trailer. Um wow, get, get it how to put it um there's a there's a feeling about this film that it has come from again a very genuine and very earnest place. Um and I can go I can I can encapsulate this no better than by describing the director. Are you familiar with Duncan Jones? Uh, only slightly, only what I found out yeah. by talking to you. Okay. Yeah. I'll get this out of the way super early. I'm sure he'd appreciate this too if he was listening in, but get it out of the way. He is the son of David Bowie, mm. you know, doesn't define himself by that. In fact, he kind of, you know, he, he sort of proves that by the fact that he doesn't have a surname. He, he actually uses his father's original um, surname, which was Jones. Like David Bowie's original name was David Jones, man. That's what it is. So he, his name and his original name was Zowie because back in the seventies they were calling or eighties. Uh, I'm not sure when he was. I think it was seventies. They were calling people like Zappa was calling his name his children like Moon Unit. There's a kid with a name yeah. Moon Unit Zappa. Yeah, Frank Zappa, man, that guy's insane. For sure. Yeah, man, you come on Amorphous Existence. We'll talk about some music one time. That'd be good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, no, no, and uh, so basically. That kind of tells you almost, that tells you a whole bunch. So he was David Bowie's son. What are you going to do as the son of a famous person? It's going to affect your social life, right? You can imagine that. Yeah. And uh, with this guy, he um, he obviously took to escapism with 
the fact that he had to kind of mitigate being David Bowie's son, I'm sure, and traveling with his father, he had to kind of occupy his mind and stuff. And he took to the old RTSs. Like he really jumped in on Warcraft early on, you know, on the ground level with that. He was perfect age for it. I think he's about late 30s now, so he would have been maybe 12 to 14 when uh, Orcs and Humans came out in 1994. Yeah, man. Got super into it, connected with it, and then when he went into World of Warcraft, he was like, that's it. This is my. These are my peeps, you know. Uh, yeah. He went into directing films and he made Moon, which is a movie uh, with uh, Sam Rockwell, I believe. He's the the star yeah. of that movie. Have you seen you seen Moon? I have. Yeah, it's intense. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but um, oh my god, I did not see. Yeah, I, that movie is crazy. I haven't seen it recently, but when I did see it, I was yeah. Would you recommend it? Re- reckon I could see it? Yeah, totally, man. Okay, totally. cool. Any similarities to The Martian? Interestingly. Um. Oh, only in like the most basic way. Okay. Like, cool. Not not an outright yeah. kind no, of. You, yeah. you, you've got to see it, man. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to get into details. You just got to watch it. Okay. It's, 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 for sure. So, yeah. Basically, all all I'll speak to is that you know, even this was initially intended to be about Chris. Um, I needed to segue into off into this because um, it was through. I'm, I'm telling you, it was through Duncan Jones's relationship with Warcraft that I that I kind of re-rediscovered Blizzard. Like, I knew about Warcraft back in the day. Back in 2003, I visited people's houses. They had World of Warcraft going. I didn't really connect with it back then. But, yeah. you know, my avenue back towards Blizzard was through Duncan, so I needed to kind of give him a shout there, for sure. Um, he's doing something super sincere with this film. He has made it so that in the middle of the film that you are able to connect with either of the races. This is something that Tolkien... And also Peter Jackson didn't do, and that's fine. You know, they have a more archetypical relationship with, you know, orcs, evil, you know, orcs, bad. But with uh, yeah. Warcraft, you can choose your own race. Just and, and Duncan said, the main thing I wanted to do with this film is exactly what you can do with the game, which is you can pick your race. You can choose. No one's the villain, you know. And yeah. I think Avatar, yeah, Avatar tried to do that to an extent um, where, you know, you were able to sympathize with both the humans and um jake sully jake sully but you know we can agree that that was kind of kind of skewed towards pro navi pro avatar gosh well yeah it was you know native america being invaded by yeah very yeah yeah very obviously we talked actually on eclecticast about how that was basically the plot of fern gully but just sort of dressed up in really 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 good cgi i love avatar but um it- Oh, it's beautiful visually, but it bothers yeah, me a lot. Yeah, plot-wise, yeah. But there you go. That was uh, no, actually, no, I'm I'm not going to just leave it off the Duncan. I need to complete the Chris sandwich. Duncan was the lovely filling, but we got to have the other bun, the other half of the Chris Metzen bun. So I'm gonna I'm gonna speak to this. Uh, he did his presentations on uh, Overwatch and uh, you, you know BlizzCon 2015 was a couple of days ago. You know, and yeah. he did. You know, gave some updates about Overwatch and and Legion. He does the voiceover for the Legion trailer, man. Like he's just on, he's on top of it all. Like Chris is amazing. Maybe we'll get to interview him one day. That'd be sick. That'd be a beast. It would be so cool. Coolies. Now we're gonna have a deep cut. Oh, I've been looking forward to this so much. And in fact, it's totally related to the Dev Spotlight because I just talked about Overwatch. And have you ever heard of Bloodlines? I've heard of it, but I really don't know much about it. That's know. cool. Look, honestly, I'll just I'll break it super like break it. Down. We're actually coming on an hour and a half soon, so we'll start like 
sort of winding down, like commencing our descent, so to speak, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the podcast. I think we've been going super strong, dude. Thank you. This has been amazing. Um, so I'll jump straight into it just for the sake of time and segment integrity. Bloodlines released in 1990 ugh, something. I played that thing first on a CD demo. You remember the old CD demos? Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, those PlayStation magazine CD demos. Uh, I can just hear the menu music in my in my ears. You remember that menu music? Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. So so great. They still do those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really good to hear. Actually, uh, I I usually just look up the old ones, but you know the nature of nostalgia and all that. Um. Yeah, oh, but that's good to know there's a modern equivalent. But yeah, look, Bloodlines, um, I was immediately reminded of this when I uh, started recently, very recently, um, researching and getting into Overwatch, which, um, as I mentioned with Chris, like he talked a bit more about it at BlizzCon. Uh, he introduced it at the previously as BlizzCon. It is a young property. This is a Blizzard's first property in close to 20 years. This is super impressive of them to just say, look, we've done our World of Warcraft thing, Diablo, but we and StarCraft, but we do not want to sit on our laurels. We really we really want to just uh, put something out there that, um, you know, fresh, because they're, they're a games dev company. Imagine that. Imagine just, like, imagine if you were working at um, Blizzard and it was just, you know, you're coming on 10 years working there. Would you get a bit sick of just designing the same characters? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. I mean, look, Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft—they have the potential to kind of, sort of stretch your muscles creatively, but it's sort of still kept within the confines of that IP. Even if they're kind of pretty imaginative IPs where you can do different things, they're kind of, they're restricted by their genre. And if you want to do something fresh, you need to get out of that genre. And this genre is um, Earth-based. Uh, let's just say contrasted with, for example, Star Wars, which is um, other galaxy, other time, long, long ago which is more space fantasy, then you have something like yeah. Halo, which is Earth-based. And so it's Earth-based sci-fi, near-future sci-fi, which is just fucking balls-to-the-wall, insanely cool. Like, it, like I'm, I'm rocking back and forth in my chair. I, ah, ah. It's just, it, it, it just completely taps into that fun-loving, amazing, like, colors everywhere. Just, oh. but, and yet with such a str- strong, consistent design. Uh, you know, yeah. like a palette and also um, design guide, you know. I, I just think it's just incredibly desi- well-designed game. But we'll talk about that more in our main discussion, which is going to look like when we're sputtering out of sputtering out of steam we're, we're, once we get to the main discussion. I think this is a testament to how, like, like not only how early on we're, we're coming into this uh, this format, but it's, it's just, the, the show becomes what it is, you know. I'm, I'm happy with that. Like, the, the you know the the structure there is just as a guide, man. You know, it's just a guide. Yeah, totally. For sure. Bloodlines. Um, essentially, the main thing that reminded me about Bloodlines uh, and why I'm bringing it up is there is a character in Overwatch called I think his name is Lucio, and he is the Brazilian rollerblader dude, basically. And uh, his like weird mechanical pants thing totally reminded me of Bloodlines and their weird mechanical pants that they have. All of those guys. Um, Bloodlines is all about jumping around a level and you know. Uh, claiming objectives and all that stuff. Again, the stuff that... Do you remember, Brendan, when games were just like, don't ask questions, man. It's just, you just have to get the glowy thing, you know? Yeah, totally. You just have to get collect the coins, you know? Yeah. 
And now we live in an era of like lore. It's like, yeah, but why are the coins there? Why, why, why is the floating shiny thing? Like, what is the lore behind that? You know? Yeah, and, so true. Uh, I have nothing against that. In fact, I'm a strong proponent for games getting to be, you know, more sophisticated, like explaining themselves and all that. But at the same time, I, and I guess this is, I wasn't expecting this. I, I really thought at the outset of Treaty Gamer that I was going to be kind of dry. I was going to be kind of just pretty like academic and scholarly about games. I really thought so. But I, I started really honestly asking myself about my relationship with games and it turned into this. I'm pretty happy with that. I mean, are you happy with having that aspect of like, we care about sort of putting forward that uh, central message about games being fantastic platforms for self-learning and all of these great things you can learn from games about yourself and that can be the core. But do you are you happy with this kind of discussion as well? Yeah, of course, man. That's good, man. Yeah, you gotta keep it fun, you know, for sure. Yeah. So. Totally. Yeah. Look, all all that a deep cut is. I'm not gonna talk extensively about deep cuts every week, but a bloodlines. Uh, sorry, deep cut is just that. Just to bring it up and be like, check this game out. It's awesome. Fantastic. Well, um, we'll have a mini little break, then we'll come straight back with our community suggested topic. So, stay tuned. Hello, welcome back. Now it is time for our community suggested topic. So, um, would you like to read it, my friend? Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, man. Okay, so the topic is, uh, do we play fighting games and what do we think of them? And then a second point to that is, what is a genre of games that we just don't play and why? Yeah, man. I think I'll let you lead on, uh, lead in with, um, with, 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 with speaking to that and then I'll jump in, okay? Go ahead. Alright, let's do it. So, fighting games. I do play fighting games, but for me, um, uh, it's all about aesthetics and um, yeah, uh, and and yeah, basically visual design. I agree. Uh, and characters as well, specifically. So, because I, I with fighting games, it's more sort of a a very, uh, I guess narrow genre you know like gameplay and style is very very often um incredibly similar among different fighting games and no i, I agree feel, yeah like when i i can only really get into fighting games if um like if the characters are really really awesome like you or like if it's in a you know what's the word in a franchise that i already love um or if the visual design is really, really amazing, or the graphics are just like insane or really cool kind of thing. So, like, um, Injustice is a big example for me because I already am a huge DC fan, Batman, mm -hmm. all that sort of thing. And the graphics were really good in that game. The story was actually really good as well, which I find um, rare with fighting games. The DC, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool, and, yeah. Uh, and then another example for me is um, Marvel versus Capcom. Um, I think it's the third one. Fate of Two Worlds, it's called, and it's oh okay. The, uh, it is insane. Like it, it is crazy. Wow, um, am I? Yeah, like it's, yeah. Go ahead. Like, it's just ridiculous, man. There's, mm. there's just five thousand things happening on the screen at the same time. Oh, <laughs> that kind of fighting game, I get you. Yeah, so cool. that, that's another one that I I really like, and that's kind of almost a cell shaded graphics as well. So that's very fun and very bright and colorful, and I like that a lot. Oh, that's good, man. It's good to know there's a place in your heart for that. You know, it's, yeah, it speaks totally. to your open-mindedness. What about you with fighting games? Oh, so for me, uh, look, it, it goes back to Tekken for me. I I used to be pretty impassioned about playing Tekken 
pretty frequently. Uh, uh, Tekken 3 was my main kind of outlet for that. I was really drawn, uh, just speaking as someone who I'm, I'm sort of into the the tricking, which is the, another word for like the acrobatic aspect. Uh, I I'm sort of regularly practicing that um, and developing that, and I'll probably release a video at some point of some of the stuff that I can do and that I'm working on, um, opening up ECN to that and just to get some feedback. But what I would do is I would look at I would look at all the moves, which are, are kind of keyframe animated, but I actually just put it up on Tweety Gamer uh, on the on the Twitter. It actually got some a few likes. Have you seen that video of a man, this person who has taken footage of Tekken 3 and he has actually copied the moves himself, like frame by frame, he has actually done each of the moves. I think of the character Paul, who has the, um, he has the, the mohawk, the blonde mohawk guy. And yeah. literally, like frame by frame, you should check it out on the Tweety, Tweety Gamer channel. Amazing. Uh, I, I, by the way, I, I, I discovered this, uh, you know, the community suggested topic thing, come up with it. Um, you know, completely independently of actually finding that video. So that was really cool to find that. Um, so yeah, I was, gosh. yeah, I was all about two characters, my man. Guess which ones? Do you know Tekken at all? Probably not. Um, not enough to be able to guess the characters. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's cool. Number one was uh, Eddie Gordo, who was the capoeira guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie yeah. Gordo. Ties into the Lucio guy, the Brazilian guy from Overwatch. Oh, everything is nice. connected. Everything is love. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> nah, but like, like, love's everywhere. It's good, good stuff. I'm. I talk mostly about this on my uh, freaking uh, philosophy slash existential podcast. But uh, yeah, man, that's the the force. Love, it's, it's great. It's really great. Um, now, no, no, no. For me, it was about Eddie Gordo, and also there's a character called um, Yoshimitsu. And he oh, is. Oh man, yeah, he was he was my favorite. Mother. He was one of the only characters that I genuinely like that I actually knew. Mother flipping cyborg ninja. Oh, That's all man. I gotta say. He was nuts. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I was so swept up with him. In fact, I actually I based an English assignment off of uh, his character, and I made it. I had just finished reading. I'm not kidding. I'm not doing this. I'm not. This is not planned at all. But. You know Shannara Chronicles, the uh, the author of Shannara Chronicles. His name is Terry Brooks, as you know, yeah. and he wrote the novelization of the Phantom Menace. What really? Not kidding. That story has a fight scene, obviously, obviously between you know Darth Maul and Qui Gon and stuff. That chapter was so well written that I was inspired to. From that one scene of him describing Qui Gon fighting Darth Maul, to do a choose your own adventure story with Yoshimitsu. Oh, nice. I I wrote that for an English assignment. I think I got an A minus. This is not this is not a joke. And and I again not planned. Everything's connected if you really think about it. And it, not in a kind of random way where you just say random shit. This is just all interlinked really awesomely. So really blessed for that. Yeah yeah. I'm 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 not even kidding. That was that was one of my leading fighting game experiences was just de deriving this awesome narrative from it. So you say the aesthetic, I completely agree, but with with um with uh, Mr. Yoshimitsu, he has a pretty interesting narrative behind him. I also am a big fan of of Voldo from um from Soul Calibur. Do you know that guy? No, I don't actually. He is freaky. On the video of this when you check it out, I'll be putting images of all these characters. This is going to be a fantastic editing job. I'm going to have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, <laughs> no sleep till edit is what I'm saying right here. Um, no, no. Voldo. And yeah, so character design, 
is the leading thing from both Tekken and Soul Calibur. But again, not just saying this out of nowhere, it ended up being a super relevant subject to Tweety Gamer because a couple months back I was covering pretty closely Mortal Kombat 10 and I actually did a Tweety talk about it called My Maturing Relationship with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, I love Mortal Kombat's aesthetic. I love its 90s-ness, its hardcore-ness. I don't strictly play it. I'm a big fan of Goro. I think it's just a really great universe. I think it's so over-the-top and super violent, and uh, yeah. I spend a bit of time, you know, whenever I have the time, really, listening to some of the lore uh yep mortal kombat has like universe building lore which is actually freaking awesome and this is not meant sort of derisively at all i really give a credit to ed boone who is the creator co-creator of of mortal kombat they put together something super awesome it's, i love it so tekken and mortal kombat for me um Genres I don't play. Did you talk about genres you don't play? Did you speak about... Uh, no, I just went into the fighting games. Man, go uh, right ahead. I'll sling it right back to you. Alright. So, with genres I don't play, uh, sports games comes immediately to mind. Uh -huh. um, there was an old soccer game I used to play with my brother. Yeah. Um, the, uh, that was fun. I can't remember what it was, but it was an old one. I um, think, yeah. Yeah, there was a bunch that I used to... I, I, I even dabbled with that. I dabbled with FIFA 98. Back in the day. Yeah, it was. I mean, it must have been one of those ones. I, I yeah. honestly don't remember which one. It was a lot of fun, but I just kind of got over it. Yeah. Um, Same here. And then also, um, racing games. I really don't play them. The only one that I enjoy is Mario Kart and Star and Wars freaking Racer. Sorry. Oh, Pod Racer, of course. Oh, bra. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's our first bra of the podcast. Wow, that's great. <laughs> I'll keep. A, I'll keep a. Bra. Oh, that's the second one. Actually, third one because I mentioned. I'm gonna keep a bra counter. Fourth one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> number five. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll do the bra count. Six. We'll do that word counter every <laughs> every episode, <laughs> and then people will won't understand. You know, they come into the uh, Tweety cast later. They don't understand the reference. I'll have to explain it here and there. I won't purposely explain it though. I kind of want some people to be confused. So every time I say bra. And I go like seven, because now that's the seventh one. Let's keep it at seven for a while in honor of Star Wars, okay? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Okay, genre I do not play. Um, wow, I get this when I am signing up for a site like IGN. It asks, so what games do you play? Or, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, sure. I, I, I will always find myself just immediately saying adventure, RPG, um, uh, first-person shooter. Uh, that's it. Occasionally a puzzling thing. But for every other genre, I, I don't play that. I don't do RTS. I do not do many puzzle games. Um, I do a lot of the art games. I guess you would describe Journey as an art game. It's more of a platformer, though, really. So I can speak a little bit about the ones I do play. But... I will also say mostly like if we're going to talk about the extreme like I do not play those at all. It's it's about um it's all about those uh sports ones man like the Forza. <laughs> Again, I completely respect people who derive a lot of pleasure from those games. Not not ragging on them at all. In fact, again, as Brendan mentioned, we have a bit of a history with the sports games and I used to ridge racer it up at one point. 
I am a big fan of the Star Wars pod racer. My God. If they bring that back in some capacity. Damn, oh, son. Damn. Dude, there are a handful of Star Wars games that need to be rebooted, like Ugh. remade with really, really good graphics. We should I be. will lose my shit when they do that. We should be good. Also, just jumping behind the scenes, I have to get that Kylo Ren lightsaber off you. Have to do that. Yeah, totally, man. For sure. Okay. Jumping back in front of the scenes. Yeah, man. Coolie, so that was our community-suggested topic. Thank you so much uh, to our non-existence community at the moment <laughs> for sending that in, uh, which means uh, that uh, gratitude goes immediately funneled into, I guess, you know, uh, Brendan, thank you for, uh, like, sort of, like, thum- uh, thumbs-upping that, that subject. It, it kind of ended up being super awesomely connected to everything. I just kind of picked it out of a hat. Yeah, nice. So cool. No, it's good. Fantastic. Okay, so now we have, we're coming up to uh, one hour and 46. We have a main discussion here right before our weirdism, and which then follows our mailbag. Um, so what we'll do, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll keep it pretty short. I think we, we touched on Overwatch. I know you warned me about this. It's like, dude, you mentioned it earlier. Why make this a main discussion? But fuck it, we'll go for it. Okay. Buddy, old pal, old old mucker, Brendan, <laughs> I have spoken a bit about Overwatch. I would like to hear what you think of it, because how much research did you do about it today? I did a, a bit of research. I didn't go crazy into it, um, because I, I, uh, the biggest thing I wanted to do was watch um, gameplay trailers and trailers and whatever, uh, and I wasn't able to do that. Because uh, I didn't have the time, so I just sort of briefly read into it. Um, mm-hmm. But to be completely honest with you, man, um, Horizon took over for me. Wow! Got into that, and that's what um, I spent my time looking into. That's so. <laughs> that's really really yeah. awesome of you of you to be honest about that. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is kind of a, a, a give and take uh, give and take type thing. The show, as much as we push it in one direction it's gonna push back and i really love for it to take its own shape and and the the guideline suggested main topics and all that that's all just a structure there that's there for us in case we need it but i'm happy for it to take take just its own shape i'm, I'm and if you're happy with that I'm, I'm good to do that yeah i'm happy with anything man we can talk about overwatch i just um <laughs> thank I, you for, I, it's I only, important I though that's cool and we might even divide it up uh again so with the main discussion it's just something that like after the recording of the episodes i will in the process of editing basically determine what it ended up being the main sort of connecting subject um horizon was how we opened the damn episode it was a huge strong reaction for me uh to 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 the paris games week stuff um now in case you haven't seen it i definitely recommend seeing the paris games week um stage demo uh, which it's where the producer comes out he basically he has this little hunting interaction with aloy he um oh sorry she takes down some uh grazers and then a thunderjaw arrives and then they pause the video and they describe how many freaking moving parts there are to a thunderjaw how to take it down (sighs) the thunderjaw even makes a little appearance in the latest playstation trailer um, it's like, it's the sort of the, the trailers that PlayStation releases to encourage people to look into getting a PS4. It's like, life is better with a PS4, you know, and there's this guy who's dancing around and his pet, his like pet animal is like a tiny little Thunderjaw. 
It's so great. That's I'll show awesome. I'll show a screen capture of that um, right here on the video. Because if you're listening on YouTube, you have that benefit. And people listening on podcast, do check it out. It's great. You can even Google it, or I'll put it on the Tweety Gamer Facebook and WordPress and stuff. So, no, I, I really yeah. love Horizon. Um, uh, I, I think if they can do the thing with the mounts, if they can do the thing with the crafting, they can really make it like just sing. I really want. A, I have Fallout Four right here, and I am not playing it. And do you know why? It's because number one. Who knows if I can eBay that stuff for like a hundred billion bucks? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, the main reason is because like I've paid, I played Fallout Three. I, I I don't think it's like an illness of mine or anything, but Fallout Four, I'm really looking forward to it. For me, again, it's there are certain games that it's just about the presentation of it, the lore of it, the story of it, and I haven't played a Fallout enough to be able to say I'm in love with that gameplay and so I'm going to leave that as a question mark I'm going to play this I might end up eating my words later but freaking Horizon Zero Dawn has me immediately like stoked you know what I mean like it gives you like oh I haven't seen this before you know yeah totally cave men cave paintings mixed with dinosaurs that is exactly what you wrote in your like 10 to 12 year old notebook admit it Brendan <laughs> You're like, I want to see a game with cavemen. It's just, it's that fulfillment of, of something that's just so awesome. It's like cavemen and dinosaurs, like mechanical dinosaurs, you know? So it has that awesomeness factor, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. There's a bit of connective tissue between that and Overwatch, which I will say is take an idea that you just, you would come up with as a child and, uh, you know, as an imaginative, maybe like sort of, child at heart type adult which I think a lot of the early 90s games had that um, I'm trying to remember some of them Parappa the Rapper uh, Cooler World um, some of these early 90s games you can throw any out if you remember um, uh, I don't know like there's all the I guess like yeah PlayStation ones that were yeah, uh, you know like the Oh, what are they called? The platformer, like action adventure ones, like that's the, right. Spyro and um, yeah. Crash Bandicoot. And, yeah, anthropomorphic and this, anthropomorphic that. You know, and yeah, and exactly. uh, yeah, and and the connective tissue I'll draw between Horizon and Overwatch is that look, that's an inherently kind of bombastically insane, crazy, straight off the pages of your notebook in maths class. Oh, dinosaurs! You know, mechanical dinosaurs and cavemen. On the same page, you could see someone putting. I'm, t I'm not kidding you, an intelligent ape with glasses and a railgun who comes from the moon. That is what Winston is from Overwatch. There's this great childlike spirit to both of those, you know, and yeah. one of one is simply chosen to present itself in a more realistic way in an RPG format, and the other is going with the stylistic approach, which I appreciate. I appreciate them both. Treaty Gamer is also about promoting open-mindedness with games. So many people, there's a segment, segmentation of, of the audiences with like only people listening to uh, or paying attention to sport games or what have you. Treaty Gamer, we, I'm sure there's going to be some sport games that I'm going to get into. I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a point at which a basketball game is going to get so stupidly realistic that I'll simply want to play it out of how amazing, you know, it looks. I actually recently did look up NBA 2K6. Dude, did you know that the narrative, as in the cam the campaign mode for NBA 216, 2K16, is directed by Spike Lee? 
campaign mode. A campaign. I'm not kidding. A campaign mode directed by like. Is, does he has he won an Academy? I think he's been nominated for Academy Award. But for a campaign section of a sports game to be directed by yeah, it's not. a famous director, that's. Uh, I'm I'm telling you, I think Tweety Game is going to end up embracing that sort of thing as well. But look, um, yeah, I I really love the idea of of of, of Horizon Zero Dawn. I I, I was googling, oh, Horizon Zero Dawn mounts. I want to hear more about mounts. Give me confirmation about mounts because. That's all. Yeah. That's all you need to give me, is if you can have a mechanical freaking dinosaur that I'm riding, and I'm this like badass huntress yeah. chick. Who, uh, by the way, hey, I'm just gonna say this: Ygritte from Game of Thrones, yeah. red hair archer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that. That's that's Aloy. And you like the name Aloy? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, and I like. Um... I like because uh, it reminds me of Aloy. You know, like and yeah, exactly, and it's and she's obviously adept at pulling machines apart and dealing with metal and, and yeah, which is electronics and machinery. And, yeah. yeah, and the word alloy refers to synthesis. You know, refers yeah. to the combining of two things. And a uh, little deep cut slash Easter egg for you here. Uh, do, do you know about the either the film or the game? Oh, sorry, bleh, the film or the novel, The Time Machine, by H.G. Wells. Oh, yeah, of course. So they had these uh, tribes uh, in the sort of his imagined version of the future. Um, yeah. The tribe was called the Eloy with an E. Yeah. So, yo, I'm going to tell you this right now. Horizon Zero Dawn, based in the post-post-apocalypse, that is, that is literally the word they're using, the post-post-apocalypse, when, you know, the wars have stopped, the nature has started to reclaim the planet. That is exactly what happens in the time machine. He goes too far, too far forward in time, and he yeah. he he meets this tribe of people called the Eloy. You know, that's the tribe E L O, E L O I the Eloy. Yeah, I I would watch the Guy Pierce movie, man. That's a good movie. That is, I'm gonna put that in the show notes, dude. I love that movie. It. Do you know who it has? It has Robert Baratheon in it, the actor who plays Robert Baratheon. Yeah, true. And I believe it also has Sienna Guillory, and this is maybe not as much of a cool name drop, but I'm going to do it nonetheless. You know Aragon, that dragon movie that came out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it had Sienna Guillory, who was uh, in Aragon. She played the elf lady. It also had Jeremy Irons in it, who, yeah, no. damn it, he was also in Aragon as the Obi-Wan dude. He was in, he was in the movie version of Dungeons & Dragons, by the um, way. We don't talk about that in this show. We don't. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk this. You, you not. And you not talk that. Alfred in Batman vs Superman. Ah, uh, everything. Brendan, say it with me. Everything's connected. Everything's love. Right. <laughs> what? I'm not. I'm not crazy. I'm serious. It's 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 a beautiful thing. I really love that. It just makes these things really fun to do. And uh, um, it's called free association. You know, it's it's really, really fun to do. I think it keeps life and banter and everything just more interesting. It's like, hey, you can connect this to that, not in a random way, but in a totally like, isn't life awesome where everything's connected kind of way? Awesome. Well, yeah. Fucking look at that. I, I love it. I think Overwatch is fine. It's not insecure. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mind being a little bit sort of gently put aside by Horizon. Horizon was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Overwatch. Love it. And you're my peer and my equal, but I need to just like take center stage here, right on this podcast. I need to do that. 
Um, uh, I'm not sure if I'll use the recording from before. I think I, I, I just want to make sure I, I, I name drop it. I will put this in the show notes as well. And just telling you again, reiterating, because you're my, my freaking cosplay uh, correspondent. My Coco respondent. Um, I I need I need I need to to name drop this. Uh, there has been already Aloy cosplays for Horizon Zero Dawn, and yeah. um, the 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 amazing thing that the guys did. The devs have they're in the they're they're making the game. They're in the process of making it, but they in the meantime they've extended the mapping or whatever you call it. How to map your cosplay accurately they've actually provided high-res images of the in-game model for people so great i'll uh, i'll be posting those on yeah so cool so okay let's move on to our weirdism so that we can get to our mailbag yeah weirdism is just like the deep cut it's just a little mention of something you just you know it can it can broaden into discussion but uh mostly it's just to be like yo this is a thing that happened in a game or a movie or a tv episode that was weird so I have picked one. Would you like me to tell you, Brendan? Yeah, man, do it. Have you played Metal Gear Solid? Uh, only bits and pieces. I'm not hugely into the games, to be honest. Yeah, it's pretty fitting that I chose the first weirdism to be from that game series, which is notoriously weird. Um, at yeah. one point in freaking Metal Gear Solid Two, uh, Sons of Liberty, the main character wanders off into a corridor. And he is contacted by an AI, and the AI proceeds to tell him that he has a pair of scissors, that he likes to do the Harry carry, and he just says the the number 61 over and over. So when you're at this point in the story, just to give you some context, because that does sound admittedly quite random, this has been a pretty much, up to this point, a super serious game about, like, you know, the genes which is the main theme. It's just like genetics and and uh, there's obviously some commentary on the nature of war and, and the, you know, the, the mindset of a warrior and what it means to, what it means to, to, to be a soldier and, and all this stuff, which is what Metal Gear is great for. And I, I've learned a whole bunch about US history from Metal Gear, you know, you've got, obviously got to sift through the what's fake and what's real, but um, yeah, absolutely. No. And, and then, Right there, and it makes perfect sense because it's an AI who's officially like glitching and freaking out. Uh, it says, "Yeah, like the character, the AI character, just loses its fucking shit, and it just gobbles stuff at you." And it was freaky at the time. That was some majorly weird for me. That is why yeah. it made our a weekly a weirdism game weirdism of the week. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. So, uh, yeah, you can think about throughout the week, you know, just think of anything that pops up and be like, hey, dude, I think this would be good for the next weirdism, you know? Cool. That'd be good. Let's move on to our non-existent mail bag. (laughs) Pretend to to be a person writing in and uh, giving us feedback on this very episode, and you can sound either either happy or sad. (laughs) Oh, God. You don't have to. I can do it if you You want. You know you can't put me on the spot, man. Nah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do the first one. Dear Tweety Gamer, I have been listening to you all day with the audio all the way up, and I think that you sound perfect when coming out of the highest quality audio systems because I love your voices. I believe you should be on every TV program. And, oh, wait, um, my medication has arrived. I'm sorry. I need to end this phone call now. 
Harry Carey, I have scissors, 61. Abort, abort. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, our only mailbag was a fake, yes, repeat, fake message from an imaginary AI who started off really enthusiastic about our show, but then ended up, um, yeah, like taking its weird AI medication and then fucking off. So thanks, mailbag, you piece of shit. Um, look, Brendan, my man, uh, it's, we're looking at 11.52 here at, in Australia time. I'm going to be awake for the next couple of hours. That is our show, everyone. That is our show. Thank you for sticking with us through it. This is going to be the regular, every Friday, as time allows, show with my man Brendan here. You happy to do this? Yeah, man. Every week in this world brings new stories, new, new discussions, and, uh, Nothing's cooler than, than sharing that with the world, opening a whole community up to that and get coming together over it, you know, getting on the same wavelength about it. It's going to be great. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, man, totally. And you're a fantastic co-host, bro. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. He's just flowing, just doing your thing, you know. Ain't nothing but a thing. <laughs> Thank you so much for Key and Peel, man. Thank you. Cool, dude. Key and Peel is the best. So beast. Well, um, I don't know. Let's do a test of this now, just so that there's a more even balance of who's doing what. If you're happy, because we'll, we'll be sharing the show notes, I can occasionally sling it to you, just like I did with the um, the the community question. I can sling it to you to do show support mentions. Did you feel like doing that, or do you want me to stick to that? Like, if I'm like, hey, Brandon, can you, um, yeah, like. Definitely, uh, yeah, rattle off for the listeners about social media support. Are you happy to be like, yeah, Albert, no, absolutely, yeah, you guys should go to this, tweet at this. Are you happy to do that? Or you want me to yeah, do that? Yeah, if we plan it ahead of time, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll write a, a more accurate script for you with the next show notes so that you can read off something uh, yeah. concrete. Yeah, every every week. But for the for the meantime, I'll do it. This, that was a behind-the-scenes thing. I'll edit around that, but I'll do it now. So. Yeah. And guys, remember, um, this show... Not doesn't necessarily live or die by you guys paying attention to it. This is main, mainly an outlet for me to just share. I just I can't help it. It's on my Twitter profile. I've written it there. OCD content creator. I can't help it. But I really do appreciate hearing from you guys, receiving your support, your reviews on iTunes, your likes and shares and subscribes on YouTube and on Facebook and uh, even on Instagram and on Tumblr. And obviously on the main site, TweetyGamer.com, which is a part of the Eclectic Content Network, uh, which is, can be found at EclecticContent.com, sharing the C in the middle. Um, I really appreciate you guys. Just I have to say that off the bat. Um, I, I know that there are a whole bunch of you out there. I'm going to give a shout out. I can't remember his exact username, but he is the only comment so far on the uh, first Dark Souls video. I said that I would do this, uh, I, that I'd be recording this. We didn't talk about Dark Souls at all. I will be um, replying to you straight in the comics section and explaining that the new format of the show took over, and I hope you'll forgive me. <laughs> I can I can allow myself a bit of moving room early on with these shows um, for being able to shift things around. I definitely don't take for granted that you're interested in hearing more long shows. You did ask for a long show, and uh, whilst not, obviously directly just for yourself, even though you're a very valued listener. This was in the plan, in the pipeline, and I'm just glad that I can kind of uh, meet what you asked for, uh, you know, as a side effect to kind of getting this ECN thing started. So please enjoy this show and uh, yeah, tune in for the next one. So um, Brendan, is anything you want to sign off with for our listeners? Um, 
Thank you. I I respect so. Get on it. I respect so much your just like outright honesty, man. It's so great. It really it helps ground me, man. I I can I try to ground myself mostly, but uh, it really helps me. Anything else? Nah, that's all. <laughs> Signing off. Uh, okay, promise me something on air because on air is officially recorded, so I can use this in a court of law. I'm kidding. You need to promise me that even if you're playing Battlefront, you are going to do this podcast with me next week. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Okay, well, um, this is Albert, Tweety Gamer, signing off. Have a fantastic night and uh, or morning, wherever you are in the world. And take care, and I'll see you on the next Tweety cast and around the ECN and Tweety Gamer community. Goodbye. <laughs>